Hey there, this podcast is titled Stop Aging Now. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for those of you who want to get to the next level. We're going to be teaching you about the seven secrets of health. This is an incredible podcast that can transform your life, your relationships, your energy, that you can invest in your career to take your opportunities to the highest level possible. Stay tuned to the very end, an amazing offer by visiting stopagingnow.7pillarscoaching.com. Stay tuned. You're going to hear amazing guests and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, take you to the very next level. Your mindset, your sleep, your ability to improve your diet, your exercise, what hormones, how to balance them, all of this and more. Let's listen in. He didn't, she was, she didn't appreciate him in certain ways. He was, she just took for granted that he was an A student and he was a good, a good son. Uh, And she she was tough. And so when I get tough, I step on that, on that, um, that wound of Michael's. And so I've, you know, it, it was important for Michael to, and important for our relationship for me to understand that Michael's sensitivities were so that I would, I would um, be very careful about my words when I want something and uh, likewise, I have a story about um, uh, father loss, and I'm I'm uh, to this day I get reactive when I lose something, and Michael knows um, how to um, support me and be comforting and understand what loss means to me. L- Michael knows nothing about loss, so it's it's absolutely uh, invisible to him. But for me, that's that's an absolute um, um, you know uh, shock to my nervous system. So you. You have a chance to resolve old wounds and heal them so that uh, you can really be present. It's a fabulous gift. It's better than psychotherapy. So, so what I can add is that in every relationship, when it comes to money in a romantic partnership, if you're married, you're going to have different relationships to money from who you grew up as. So I grew up with my dad being an entrepreneur, a business owner, he had all of his kids in business. By the time we were 14, we were running our own businesses, dry cleaning business. We ran dry cleaning over in the, um, the, um, uh, the bungalows on the beach. And, and we were making money hand over fist running a business. And, and, and we knew how to run businesses. And I always ran a business. And so that was... I never had any issue with money, getting enough money. I could just work more and get more money, and you have a business, and that's it. And we would hire our friends to, to, to go ahead and deliver the cleaning. They got some tips, and we got all the money. We, that was good. We didn't have to do anything. We'd just sit there and count the money. So Barbara never worked in her life until she met me. She never made anything. She just... You know, you just were a kid, you know, and then you went to school and that was it. That was her experience of money. So money, she only had enough money for the weekend. So she only ate bread and and tuna fish over the weekend so she wouldn't go hungry, all right, because uh, that was what happened in college and she didn't want to ask her parents for more money. So that's what she did. So we have different relationships to money and that's what happens in relationship. You have to understand your partner where they come from. They're not trying to be mean to you. They're just trying to deal with the way they see the world. And you have to learn to share together. So one of the skills we do is we teach couples to share deeply so you understand they're not trying to be mean. They're just living their own experience and you have to then support them and 
bring them into feeling um, understood, and that will transform the relationship. Wow. I like the depth in which you go into, because money is such a challenging situation when you don't have enough or you're making more and there's this difference of background that you bring to a relationship that, that's absolutely critical and eye-opening that, that it helps people because we all view things through our own eye. We don't necessarily right. learn, right. as you teach in your courses and your book, which right. is amazing, how to recognize what this other person is experiencing when something may not trigger you, but that other person right. in your life might, might get infuriated based on something that, well, how come you didn't pay that bill? And, you know, how come we don't have enough money for, and it is a source of divorce, That's right. uh, money and challenges, right? That's right. It's a big problem. A helpmate against you means that they're helping you to see the world in a bigger picture. And we all have to expand how we see it and learn to appreciate our partners being different. And that's what attracted us to them, that they're different. If they were the same, we'd have a business partnership. If you want to have a romantic partnership, you love that they're so different than you. And all they want, hmm, this is tongue in cheek, all they want is for you to totally love them and appreciate them and turn yourself completely inside out so that you can do that <laughs> completely inside out well okay I, I that's I, all they want that's all they're that's asking it? that's it it's that simple okay I, i'm in i'm in I'm partially inside out <laughs> it feels like they want you to turn yourself inside out yeah that's how it feels well it, i think it brings to your point about stretching ourselves and our abilities and our emotional um, well-being to to recognize the these differences right because no two people are identical like you said there are people who i know who work together they thrive together they 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 go to battle if you will together and it it juices them so they have a lot more going on and it is challenging to run a business together i know the two of you work together in the same office you don't necessarily work on the same projects but you're aware and you make decisions together which is kind of an exciting thing because uh there was a statistic i came across that one gentleman uh, Alex and Layla claimed that those people who work together had a much higher percentage chance of staying together in their marriage than those who did not because of the very fact of proximity, 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 the three Ps, because if she's off at another office for eight, 10 hours and you're off at another office, eight, 10 hours, you come home, you're a little exhausted, you maybe curl up together, eat a little something, go to sleep. Where's that quality time That's right. together, right? That's right. That's very important. And, and uh, among medical doctors, you see a lot of doctors who you know, get involved with the nurses or the office manager. And because you spent eight hours a day with them and you're spending an hour with your romantic partner and that's it. And then you know, it doesn't work over a long period of time. Correct, correct. So, you know, proximity, 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 the three most important P's to a relationship, you have to bridge that gap if you are working in different environments. I mean, I don't know. Can you give us some tips? Uh, could, could you could you text uh, the significant other? Could you do a little FaceTime at lunch? Uh, could, could you arrange a date night? I mean, help me with this because this is a big challenge in today's overworked, double 
responsibility, particularly for women when they go into the job market now because of the, the financial weirdness of the world, I'll say, they sometimes have to manage the home and go to work. Mm -hmm. How do, how do we how do we keep that relationship that fire going? Well, you have to talk about um, being intentional about connecting on a regular basis, and uh, you, you know, you as uh, parents, you have a, a a project of raising your children together, and um, and you have to you have to uh, talk about what kind of contact you need by phone, by text, by Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday afternoon, whatever you know works for the two of you. You can't be unconscious about connecting. I would say also that. Uh, we 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 coach people in our classes <clears throat> to have a regular schedule. You talk about it, and you make agreements. This is what our schedule is. You have a date night every week. You got to have a date night every week, and you have to talk about it. Who's going to make the date? Who's going to plan it out? And when you go on the date, there's got to be rules. No business. You do not talk about business on date night. You just talk about your feelings. You talk about what you love doing. You talk about what got you excited about things, or what, 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 what book or what thing you read that that touched you, or whatever it is. There's no business talking. You just are sharing intimately, like when you go on a first date. Uh, you you're really getting to know each other. So you want to have rules about how to talk on there. No business on your date night, and then. You want to have times of intimate touching. You want to schedule that at least three times a day. You have intimate touching. You hug. You kiss. You're holding hands. You 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 you're doing a massage for one or the other. So you want to have intimate touching three times a day. You want to have times where you go away. You have to schedule times when you go away on vacation, maybe for a weekend. That's fine. You go to a hotel, and again, there's no business on those vacations. No business. So the other part is that yes, you have to schedule business meetings with your romantic partner, with your with your spouse. You schedule a business meeting. All right, every week or every two weeks, you have a business meeting. You have a half hour of looking at, and you make little notes what your business, so that you, you're constantly not asking your partner business questions. You're asking them. Loving questions, but but you but you want to have a business meeting. It's very important. Wow, that's really insightful, and I love it. And and I notice because when I go to your office, you know, you're sometimes walking down the hallways, and you have your room, your office is literally across from each other, and you have that opportunity to engage, if you will, privately closing the door and right. having a kiss. I mean, what's better than a lunch but a lunch kiss, right? right. So that that keeps the fires going, doesn't it? Yes. Very, very, very important. And we love our ballroom dancing because it's a project that we work together on. We're touching and we have to grow together. And then we go on these uh, trips where we compete. So there's a whole lot of things we do together as a partnership. And that's what makes the ballroom dancing such a fun thing. And, and we recommend that people have some kind of a, uh, a plan for themselves to have something that you're doing together as a, as, as a fun, intimate partnership, whether you're doing hiking, whether you're doing swimming, whether you're playing tennis, whether you're 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 uh, you're taking some classes and this or that, whatever it is, but 
partnerships need to have that intimacy together. You can't do everything separate from each other. That, that's a tremendous tip because I, some people get drawn in and they ask me and, and some of my business friends who work together, they go, well, how do you keep things together with your work? Isn't it stressful and demanding? And then you just brought up a critical key area to, hey, let's let's also have something going out over here in this passionate pursuit of a hobby or an ongoing development that requires both of your attention, but in a loving way, not something that's Oh God, I got to think about this and I got to deny that bill. I've got to fire that person. Whoa, a lot going on, but in a dance ballroom. Wow. You guys are almost making love on the dance floor. The way you, you carry yourself and conduct yourself and you're moving to the music. It's spectacular. I watched you two dance. You're not, you're just your average dancers, your competitors. And I can just see the passion, the excitement, the, the beauty between you two as communicative couple. Great advice. Who do you know that doesn't do something like that, that has a relationship that lasts for 50 years? I don't know anyone, do you? That's a great question. I have to think about it. I, I, I think that couples who last 50 plus years, they, they have worked this out where they have some mm -hmm. things that they are passionately involved with. And listen, it could be, Going to church, going to a synagogue, it could be it could be bicycle riding. I mean, it, it could be so many things. I love it. I love it. So, Barbara, weigh in on that because this added <clears throat> passionate uh, activity that the two of you do together. How important is that to you? Oh, it's fundamental. It. Uh... It's an inspiration. But I have to say, you have to know yourself to be able to make the decisions that guide your relationship in the right direction. For example, yes, I, I work in the same office as Michael, but I have my own business and I make decisions for my business. And I don't ask Michael for his opinions because he would give them to me. And uh, in fact, I uh, frequently he um, volunteers opinions. And, you know, I don't particularly want that. I like my own gig. And um, because I have my own my own style. I'm not as controlling, and I, 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 um, I have one assistant, and it works out fine for me. And I admire what Michael's business. He's definitely a leader, and he's got vision that's way well beyond me in his. And I'm so proud of him what what he does. But it's his business, and I don't, you know, for the most part, don't have any opinions about it. Um, I want the staff to be, you know, to look right and to to treat my people right. But beyond that, I don't have any opinions. It's his business, and I respect that. And so you have to work out things like that. Those are, I think, respectful boundaries um, that are the right place for my personality. Um, if I was much more of a, of a leader, if I, you know, I've, or if I was, you know, it, it just depends on your personalities, how you, you, you make those uh, recipes for your life together. So you, you have to really know yourself. You have to think and, and reflect on yourself and be able to, to make requests and negotiate according to what your needs are. And, and that takes some time and thought. You brought up a few points there that I really like. <clears throat> Pride, you're proud of that other person. You respect that other person. You acknowledge that other person in your life. You praise that person mm -hmm. because most of us, we think, oh, he already, he already knows that. You told a really great story, and I'd like you to retell that. And that was that 
it was your graduation and I believe your mom was in the audience. Can you share that story with me? And what, how does that play into this word of praise and acknowledgement that you now gain from this loving relationship with Barbara? So for me, I was always trying to please my mom who was really aggressive when you didn't do well and uh, she would yell at you a lot. And so at graduation, I got more awards than anybody, uh, equal to the valedictorian, seven awards. Most of the kids got none. A couple got one. Rarely someone got two awards. I got seven. And, and so afterwards, when I told my, when I went up to my mom and after the graduation, I was just so proud and all that. And uh, my mother said to me, I was expecting really good praise. She said, oh, I expected that of you. That, oh, gosh. It was like letting, uh, punching a, a hole in a balloon and letting out all that. So it was like I felt like I couldn't um, please her. And, and that became like a big story of my life. So I love Barbara telling me how proud she is of me. It makes me feel so good. But that's because I can share my old hurts and she knows how much it makes me feel good when she says how proud she is of who I am and what I'm doing and what, what I've accomplished and so forth. It's not hard to do. Michael is, you know, he's my, my, um, uh, my dream of a man. He's an independent thinker. He's brilliant. He, he, he not only is, does he do qual- quality work, but he goes beyond what is uh, expected or what the the standard is in our society he go he just goes the extra mile he doesn't he doesn't practice government medicine which makes me so thrilled because he really thinks does the research and provides people for just the quality care that you really can't get any place and so he is my hero it's it doesn't it's not hard to do but i think if i didn't know michael's sensitivities i would just you know i would just take him for granted that that's who he is and for sure that is who he is but I just appreciate it so much. It's so special in today's world. Wow. That's huge. That, that's so, so critical because it's often stated that, say, in the workplace, someone, rather than getting a raise or working for more financial reward, if they just hear praise and acceptance and, wow, good job. But there's also a degree of talking real because you don't want to praise someone if they're falling below their standards. You say, hey, that was good. And I think... If you just added this little touch without criticizing what they mm-hmm. did, right? Is there a good, skillful way to do that that you teach in your courses and in your program? Well, you know, we write books together. We do a lot of things together, and there are there are certain things that I can uh, offer that complements what Michael does, that improves what he does. Like in our writing, I often edit his writing, and it's just that I happen to, you know, have that, um, you know, uh, background of. Um, of being able to to do that, and so I'm happy to support um, Michael's ideas with you know an editing function. But you know why would I need why would I criticize him? That's so you know he's he's he contributes his brilliance, and um, I'm just an add-on. So in our classes and courses, we teach people, um, couples, how to share with each other, where you're really listening to each other and understanding how you see the world, how you feel about the world. And then out of that comes what you really desire from the other person, what requests you're gonna make of them to help you to feel good about things, to, to feel 
healed of these old old wounds. So we teach that. And so that's a really, it's a skill set that we teach. I love it. I love it. Now, here's a big topic for me. I'm the father of five children, four grandchildren, parenting, and then blended families. You know, you're dealing with situations where, uh, in one case, uh, my significant other, uh, when we had our child together after being together for five years, uh, she died on Thanksgiving morning unexpectedly, you know, after childbirth. And I was devastated because her hyperthyroid condition now in retrospect wasn't managed properly. But now I was a father and the role of a mother because I had to take care of a little baby infant. And I had other children that were going through their life and their mother and the other one, another mother dealing with her child and my child. So you, in the old father knows best, there was dad and mom and the children and there was no disconnect, no divorce, no death, no challenges. But with parenting, it brings on a whole different dimension, doesn't it, uh, Barbara and Michael? Who, who wants to address this? Uh, absolutely. You don't realize that when you um, become parents, you, um, uh, you're you're required to learn how to man it's a major management course it starts by you just love your babies and and you spend a lot of time with them and usually it's mothers who who donate that time and and uh, they steer away from their individual goals uh, but eventually when the children are you know about uh, five or six you have to create structure and rules and you need to work together so that mom and dad are on the same page and that there's there's not a different deal for mom and a different deal from dad so that children learn to manipulate you want to eliminate all that by by having consistent rules and and consequences that no matter whose mouth is coming out of it's the same rule the same consequence and so children know they this is how this is how to be this is what's expected of them and if you can and if you you know if you move through that period you're prepared for the teenage life which gets very uh, much more demanding um, because um, quite rightly um, children need to you know move into more independence but they need to be guided and managed and, and so mom and dad you and your partner have to be on the same page so that you you allow your children independence while you protect them from themselves so um, it's important that parents learn the skills on how to organize their rules and consequences how they need to speak with the same voice how they if they have differences in parenting um, expectations because we have different family backgrounds we negotiate them not in front of the children but behind closed doors and uh, we, we help our couples you know we walk them through that so they can organize their home life so that it's calm and rational and then there's the extra time you have is for playing games together and sports and having fun and having good conversations at dinner Wow um, and I might add Easier said than done, right? It, 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 there's a lot of work here. Unbelievable, particularly me having raised my son as an infant and learning about sleepless nights where baby's up late at night crying and then you have to feed them and then you still have a work demand in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, I have so much more respect after having gone through that. I wouldn't put it on anyone to lose their wife. But when I went through it, uh, I respect women so much who... Two of my sons are taking a huge role in the rearing of their children. Uh, both their ladies go to work. Not to say that they don't work also, but they 
play a huge role. And I don't know, maybe they noticed that dad had to raise, you know, the, the children by himself in one, one instance. So what is it about a person who gives of themselves, who no longer is so selfish? When you raise a child, you learn to become selfless. Is that an important skill? Yes. And what's what's beautiful is that in this generation, maybe a couple of generations, um, fathers are getting more involved with raising their children. It's very beautiful. Uh, and that's part of how it is that women work and raise children and, and men are actively involved. And that's, you know, a beautiful thing to to be partnering in parenting and not have it just be, you know, one partner's role. And if, you, if it turns out that it is one partner's role, that the the parent who's working really appreciates that role and um, and appreciates it verbally and, and helps whenever they can. And what I can add is that a critical skill that we teach parents is that you never get angry at your children. When you get angry, it means you're totally out of control. You haven't created the rules and, and, and uh, consequences in the family, and that's your job. If the kids break the rules, there's no anger there. It's just, okay, so here's the consequence, and that's it. And you don't argue with your children. Arguing with children is like arguing with a cockroach. You don't argue with cockroaches. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you have to just make the rules of the house and these are the consequences. You don't argue with your dog. You just create the consequences and the dog learns, okay, this is how it works. You don't argue with children. So we have to teach parents how to make the rules effective and how not to argue. And then you, as Dr. Barbara says, you then have the time to be pleasant and enjoy your children. So when you look at this, what is the real story of Cinderella? What do we learn from that? <laughs> That's really a great, um, a great question. So the real story of Cinderella, when we look at how you find a man Cinderella is looking to meet the prince. And in the make-believe story that Disney tells, she just runs after the prince and just falls in love with the prince. And the prince runs after her after she leaves every, you know, at the end of the, end of the night. And then the next day, the prince um, uh, figures out how to find her and they lived happily ever after. But the real story of Cinderella is that when she goes to the ball, she leaves at dusk, not uh, at sunset, not at midnight. And then uh, uh, the nighttime is, is the feminine time, the daytime is masculine time. And she has the prince run after her and she doesn't just fall in love with the prince. She makes the prince look for her and find her. And in that real story of Cinderella, the prince comes and looks for her and she hides from him. Uh, she goes in a tree and he looks for her and she climbs from the tree into back into her house and he can't find her. The next day, she goes into the, into the uh, hen house and he's banging on the door and she runs out the back door and goes into her house. And for three days, she hides from him 
and, and makes the prince run after her. And finally, when he runs after her, then he goes through this process where he's in the house and he realizes that the sister's shoes don't fit and, and, and she's really the one. So the real story of Cinderella is that ladies, you don't run after your guy. You look attractive, you wear the nice dress, you dance and he falls in love with you, but you make him pursued. actually run after her. Yes, you wanna be pursued. Yeah, that's so important. That's how you're attractive to your guy. You're not just, okay, let's have sex tonight because I, 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 I wanna be with you. No, you make him run after you. He loves that. He finds you super attractive. Barbara um, has a program. Tell him about the program. How, well, how you date? Well, your point of view is uh, you. You know, you want women should want should should uh, should make sure the man wants her. That she hasn't just um, pursued him. And uh, why not? Why wouldn't a man take advantage of that? You want to know that your man really enjoys you, that comes and comes after you and and chooses you. That's an important part of the of the um, connection process. Um, when I when uh, I have a woman who uh, wants to find a partner, and maybe she's she's um, anxious because she's uh, nearing thirty, and um, her um, bio clock is ticking. I have a uh, I coach those those women how to have three uh, three men on their schedules at all times. They're just dating. Dating means you um, you you meet, you have a great conversation, you see if there's affinity. If there's not, he's off your schedule. You substitute a new new person you're you're constantly um managing three fellas in your life at all times until you get to the point where someone uh you know becomes more special than the others and you know there's there's something there that's worth pursuing and and you um and as your relationship gets closer you um you you have to articulate that you're you're in this for for serious commitment, and you, um, there's a way to manage the conversation so that uh, if the if the um, man isn't serious about commitment, then you you go back to dating, three men at all times. But you 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 have to appreciate that your time is is precious, um, your bio clock uh, doesn't last forever, and you you need to know from the man that he's serious, he wants you. And if the affinity is there and the values and everything kind of checks out, then you, you know there's a way of talking about making a commitment, having a future together. And I help women manage all that so they get their goal. So what do you mean by left-right brain issues? I was confused when I heard that comment uh, reviewing through your book. Um, well, I'll speak to the relationship part. I, I believe that women are, are more, most women, not all, most women are more right brain oriented. Uh, which is why when they get um, they get uh, stressed, they're very emotional because they see things in big pictures. They're emotional, and they um, uh, and they they just represent that that part of their brain is more developed in the early years, whereas um, uh, men are more left brain oriented. They're more um, practical and and um, they want to plan. They feel the burden of responsibility. They um, they're more detailed. Uh, it isn't always that way. It's a matter of, you know, we all have both hemispheres, so it's a matter of how much each of your 
each of your hemispheres are developed, but over time you meet someone usually who balances you out in brain function. And the stimulation of being with someone who has opposite brain function is it stimulates yours. And so over over time, your left and your right brain, if, you're, if your relationship is fully engaged and you're sharing intimately and you're developing your life, you will, you will grow and integrate your hemispheres and be, become a, a, a very integrated person. And that's a great way to live your life. So that also lends to how men and women have kind of a difference uh, in their kind of hormone structure. Uh, how do they see this independent masculine and feminine and how does that relate to this hormone brain structure? So what we find about boys and girls from the time they're babies, the male babies are into uh, things and objects and they're into trains and, and cars and, 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 and that kind of thing. Whereas the female is into faces and, and dolls and, and, and that's just, part of the brain structure, what, what the brain structure is. Um, men and women's brains are somewhat different in their, in their wiring, and that comes from the hormones the, 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 of, of high testosterone versus high estrogen. And, and you get a different brain structure, and, and that will affect how your brain develops over time. And, but it's not 100% for sure as to which part of the brain, left and right brain, are gonna be dominant for a certain person. But in general, we find that you know men are more, more dominant in terms of their left brain, the analytical brain, and women are more dominant in terms of the feelings and the emotions. So, so as you're growing, you, you want to learn to balance your brain structure. And both men and women have to learn to balance that. And that's what attracts you to the opposite person, as Dr. Barbara says. You're attracted to someone who's different than you. You find it lovely. You find it exciting. You find it, it's a turn on. And, and you love relating to that. And then that presses you to grow in your own way. So for men, men have to learn how to, how to feel, how to feel emotionally, how to see the big picture of emotions women have to learn how to be more logical about their emotions. And that's what happens over, over a, 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 a lifetime. And these are not something that develop in six months. This is a long, long, long process. So do you think intuitively in a romantic partnership that there's some, particularly in those relationships that last, people know naturally what makes them happy? No, <laughs> I think we we uh, we stumble over what we want in life. I mean, some things we know, but it's an evolution that takes um, that takes uh, exploration and it takes some you know deeper thinking. And um, you know, if, if you're if what you're doing doesn't change over many years, you're probably not going that deep. You know, there should be some stretching and growing over time that uh, adds up to a, an integrated life. So. What is it, these attractions? Is it is it a pheromone? Is it a hormone? Is it something that brings a couple together? Uh, because they once did an experiment where they separated people from a, a glass wall, but they could see the other person. And the moment they saw the other person, they were instructed, and this was the first time they ever saw them, to write down what they thought when they saw this person. And some of the people actually wrote down love at first sight. And they didn't smell the other person, 
all they did was see them and there was a hormone they measured in the blood. They actually drew their blood and it showed a high elevation of PEA, phenylethylalanine, which is literally a love at first sight hormone. So we have some very intricate things going on within the humanity to attract us to uh, a person we desire. Is that true? I, I think that it is true that we are attracted to other people and the the complexity we have in modern life is that we have to balance that with our intellect. Is this a person who has similar values that, that we do? Is this a person who, who wants to have children like we do? Is this a person who has the same religious, spiritual values that we have? So you can fall in love with someone and they're totally different than you and you're going to have a very messy life. It used to be you uh, you had been uh, there done that <laughs> you used to have used to have um, uh, in the old days uh, you had matchmakers and that was everywhere you had matchmakers I mean, that was the way you met someone they pick someone who had similar values to you and and then you can pick three or four and not like three but the fourth one you like but they all had similar values nowadays you could like all four of them. Or, or not, but, but you have to check values. And too often nowadays, people don't check for values. You need to have that as part of what you're looking for. Wow. Well, we're at the top of the hour. I'm with Dr. Barbara Grossman and Dr. Michael Grossman. The Marriage Map, an incredible roadmap to transform your marriage from ordeal to adventure. Uh, it's interesting that they also wrote the book, Ageless Love, The Sexy Science of Falling in Love Forever. And years truly, I've written the book, 15 books, Mastering Love, Sex, Intimacy, and my newest book coming out, Stop Aging Now, The Seven Secrets to Look Great and Feel Great Forever. What is it that you want as an individual? Do you want to have what we've been talking about, happiness, love, connection, and potentially live longer because of all of these things? to have something that you've always desired that you couldn't quite reach, then I recommend that you not only read these two books, but get in contact with Michael and Barbara Grossman, ocwellness.com, and learn how you can take part in these courses, hormonal rejuvenation, if that needs to happen. Even that may impact your longevity, the quality of your life, how it affects your family, your children, your relationships, your ability to make money. Did I leave anything out, Barbara and Michael, in final words? They can go to fallinglifeforever.com, which has all the details about our relationship classes. And isn't there a quiz? You, they can go to agelesslovequiz.com, which is a, a very short quiz where you'll learn what your challenges are and uh, you'll get some options of... Uh, exploring those those classes and courses that can handle those challenges agelesslovequiz.com and dr michael grossman and barbara i know we have some events coming up uh in la and other places and at our booth we're going to be offering a hormone evaluation you collect a sample whether it be saliva or some other test kits uh, methods that we collect and we get those results back, we set up a consult, we review, because sometimes these issues are inherently a physical issue that you're accepting low or poor performance that 
is a challenge for most men. We know the statistics. By the age of 50, 40% of men have ED and challenges in performing. By the age of 60, 50%. It's just slightly below the age, but the percentage is shocking. And men suffer silently, not knowing. And the lady thinks, well, is it my fault? And then we've created some supplements like Amore and a Love Pack, Dr. Delgado's Testosterone Booster. We have supplement reinforcement. We have course. We have education. We have guidance. So you don't have to suffer anymore. Suffering hurts. It's, it's one of the biggest challenges we face as humans is, is to suffer silently. Now you have a tribe and a group. And what's that website to take this quiz again? Please uh, repeat that. Agelesslovequiz.com. Okay, I end the show today. Dr. Nick Delgado, be well, be strong. Uh, I'm looking forward to sharing this information with you. And of course, check out my new website, stopagingnowbook.com. The book's about to be released soon, depending on those of you when you see this show. Um, we are live right now, but some of them are going to be rebroadcasting. Thanks, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok, what did I leave out? I don't know what your favorite platform is, but you're going to find us. Trust me, we are out there to help you because that's what life's about. Contribution, love, and connection. We do know that's how we live a longer life. Thank you, everyone. Say Thank goodbye. You. Thank you. Thank you. This is Dr. Nick Delgado, author of 15 books, including my newest book release, StopAgingNow.7PillarsCoaching.com. I have an irresistible offer that's beyond belief that will take your health, your relationships, your ability to perform as an entrepreneur in your work. This offer, just simply go to the StopAgingNow.7.com the number seven, PillarsCoaching.com, and you will see a free offer. It's a $1,200 value for absolutely free to get my downloads of my four best-selling books, Acne Be Gone for Good, The Skin Condition, Acne, by Dr. Sonia Batterisi and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, Blood Doesn't Lie, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, and the newest release, Stop Aging Now, The Seven Secrets to Look and Feel Great. That's right. It's a $1,200 offer and you get it for 30 days free. Just simply enter your information. We'll send you the information to download and you get to review my books. You get to get my online courses, all of them. You get to get a Wednesday mentorship with my top VIP group that is held every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific. 8 p.m. East Coast Standard Time. Yours truly, along with guests that I've invited, germane to the subjects of how do you improve the quality of your sleep, how do you set your mindset to accomplish your goals, how to dramatically improve your fitness profile using my revolutionary 12-minute workout combined with flow training and stretch type yoga movements and the incredible detoxification program the nutritional Nutrify program, the right foods to select in conjunction with the specific herbs 
and how to basically accomplish your goals, rejuvenate your body. The latest on hormones, peptides, all of it is in this course. And in 30 days, you'll be able to get the results that you never, ever thought was possible. I guarantee these results and I'm backing it up with a free offer. Should you decide to continue, the continued program is very minimal, no more than a couple cups of coffee. And you're not gonna need coffee after you go through this program. Who's this for? Entrepreneurs, burned out housewives, individuals who wanna be peak performers in the bedroom, in the boardroom, and in general, take your relationships, your health, and your energy, and your career to a whole new level. Looking forward to helping you.